and welcome to the Moonshine Jesus Show, brought to you by ProgressiveChristianity.org, a wonderful place for all your progressive Christian needs, including articles and resources, a wonderful place to go check out. Hope that you will follow ProgressiveChristianity.org on social media and the Moonshine Jesus Show on social media, or listen wherever you get your podcasts. Today, we are talking about Loki, and we have to tell you at the beginning of every episode that we do spoil it for you. This is a spoiler-filled zone, but there's only one episode of season two of Loki, so we can't spoil it too much. <laughs> I am joined, as always, by the one and only oh, Mark no. Sandlin. How are you today, Mark? I am doing great, and I'm sure the world is happy that I am the one and only. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I think we could use a few more Mark Sandlins out there. Know. Maybe a few more Caleb's. I don't know about more Mark. <laughs> no, I think they're probably glad that they only have one of both of us. <laughs> that might be true. That might be very true. And, and when we get together, we cause all kinds of problems, Indeed. which is fun we have a great Absolutely. time doing it and 100%. we have a great time geeking out about all kinds of stuff like we're going to about loki but before we can yeah. we have to get our drinks ready do you have a drink ready yes. today mark i do i went with a loki themed drink one of loki's mm -hmm. taglines is he says i am burdened with glorious purpose mm -hmm. so i am having a bourboned with glorious purpose uh, I made I made a simple syrup with uh, a honey, ro dried rosemary, and uh, a white uh, pepper, and then mm -hmm. I combined that equal parts with fat, green chartreuse, and bourbon, and I uh, I accented it with a little fresh uh, rosemary out of our garden over in the yes. side of the yard. So uh, I'm having a bourbon with glorious purpose. Oh, there's also some. Uh, some uh, glitter, some edible glitter in there to give the glorious purpose to it. So. That's right. Yes. What are you going with? <laughs> so I also saw that tagline, bourbon yeah. with glorious purpose, purpose, and I yeah. liked that. But it's a brilliant line. But and so I decided to make a version of that myself. Okay. But that looks very involved. It uh, was it really the things that you. The prep time said it was an hour and ten minutes. Oh, and it I took, said, it I'm took not, ten minutes. It took, 10, it took minutes. 10 minutes. Okay, well, mine took two. Um, so <laughs> my Love bourbon it. with glorious purpose just has a couple ounces of bourbon, has some uh, some lemon juice and some honey syrup that I made. It. it doesn't Sounds have any. Delicious. It doesn't have any glitter, but it's still got that glow, that gold go. glow, the glory. You gotta love that nice gold Loki yes. glow. So you got the yes. gold and the green. It's beautiful, man. Oh, so I, I love that. Go straight on Loki. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to you, man. I am so looking forward to this. Ah, me too. <laughs> Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. You've joined us for our Geek Out segment where Caleb and I take a little bit of time and just let our geek flags fly and have a lot of fun talking about the show. We won't spend the majority of our time doing this. Uh, we want to move on to our Theo Politico and put more time there, but we are going to enjoy it just a bit. 
So for those who don't know, Loki season, Loki season two has started. Episode one has dropped. It started with a bang uh, and, and quite a bit of, of I would say, intrigue. Uh, for those who aren't following, I'm going to catch you up sort of quickly. Uh, Loki has uh, contracted some sort of, um, we call it tiny wily Marvel element in which uh, he seemingly randomly spaghettifies back and forth along the TVA or the Time Variance Authority's timeline. And with the help of Morbius and uh, Ouroboros, who's already a new fan favorite in the show, uh, he seeks out a way to put an end to his pain-inducing time jumping. All the while, our uh, motley-ish crew uh, team of meddling do-gooders struggle with what to do about the ever-increasing variant timelines that were created uh, when they killed He Who Remains. And all the while, they're delving into the ever-increasing mystery of the TVA and how it relates to He Who Remains and possibly even to Renslayer's role in it as well. Mm -hmm. So, And that, honestly, barely covers what's going on just in this first show. It is packful. There is great mystery. uh, And it was any, I, before I go into my thoughts, I'm curious. What did you think of the season two premiere? I really liked it. And I went back through uh, season one. It's been like two thing. years. So I went yeah, back watched, and rewatched all of season me too, one. Me yeah. too. And so it was, it was, uh, it, was uh, it was a lot of fun. And it was fun mm-hmm. to revisit that. And I, I thought this carried over so nicely. One thing I think is really great about Loki is yeah. we, we kind of get, uh, we get cliffhangers at the end of every episode. And so- yeah. You know, it's very binge-worthy TV, and just the right amount of time—about you know, forty minutes. So, I think uh, I think season two kicked off with with a bang. I, I agree. Uh, Ob uh, was uh, a highlight, and yes. uh, I mean, Kihei Kwan is just an incredible actor, as we've seen. He had an incredible Oscar, you know, Oscar, year Oscar winner already. Yes. Yes, yes. So <clears throat> great. I, I'm a. I, I love season two. It's continuing the Loki magic. I like it. What'd you think? I thought it was absolutely incredible. Matter of fact, it might be my favorite hour of Marvel television ever. Whoa, Um, okay. A lot because uh, there have been several that I've really thought were incredible. This one, Mm -hmm. I -hmm. I can almost not find a fault in it. Mm -hmm. The cinematography was just unbelievable at moments. It's it, it, it. it always felt like a, a, a an epic movie. It always did. The the soundtrack, I can't remember the lady's name who did the soundtrack, was fearless and spotless and beautiful and soft at the right moments and epic at the right moments. The acting was incredible. The story that they're telling, the number of, I, it just, I, I loved this so much. It worries me a little bit. I feel like I'm set up to not like any of the rest of them because this hour of television was so good. It was just so incredibly good. And there's so much, like, my head can't stop thinking about yeah. the show, this episode in particular, and the, the implications of so many parts of it and trying to figure out mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. doing what. And, and we're going to get into some of that. Uh, my, my first thought, so... The thing I talked about, the timey-wimey Marvel elements time thing, uh, they call it time slipping. I'm Mm -hmm. curious, um, why do you think Loki is time slipping? And and, and, in answering that, keeping in mind and maybe even talking a little bit about why other people aren't time slipping. So uh, 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 
or a Boas or uh, um, OB to make it a lot easier to, to refer to him. Uh, mm-hmm. OB thinks that it has to do with the time, uh, the temporal loom being overburdened and it happening, but it's only happening to Loki. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that that, I don't think that explanation works. And, and yeah. solving Loki's time slipping problem is based on that. That's why it's happening. So I don't think we actually solved the problem even though the end of the episode kind of makes you feel like maybe we have, I don't think we have at all. I, I think that's not why it's happening. So I'm, I'm curious, yeah. why do you think it's happening and, and why isn't it happening to other people? What, who or what caused it? Yeah, I agree that it's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's fixed. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's something that we're going to see. And I think that's a way that they're going to be able to keep this kind of interesting. And I think right. one of the things that was really powerful about the first season is that you, every time that you thought you understood what was going on, things right. kind of changed and that was yeah. the fun of so the, of much the first fun. season of loki and i think we're going to be able to see that uh played out even more with this time slipping throughout the ah, season as we yeah. see kind of uh, playing with time uh even more and uh, uh interacting with characters at different points uh, as far as why obviously we don't have an explanation yet but i think right. it has something to do with the way that he was um kicked back by a version of himself at the end of time as he was there with he who remains. Uh, so I, I think it had something to do with the way that he was kicked back, but uh, we'll see. Do you, what yeah. do you think? What do you think it is? I, I, I'm kind of with you. We'll see. I'm not sure. Um, I, I lean a little bit more towards he who remains needed him to time slip. Like and his little thing that he wore on his wrist that he could affect time and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. that maybe he he created this on purpose that there was something he needed to happen that required Loki jumping around in time uh, to 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 happen. Uh, which, but let's go back to jump the Loki. What it has done is it's making mm-hmm. him go back and forth on the same timeline, not on a variant yes. timeline, not right. on a branch. Mm-hmm. He's going back and forth in the same one. So I'm curious, what did you think about that? Because this is very different from time and yep. how time works in the Marvel Universe. Somehow in the TVA, right. it's working differently. And Loki is able to jump back and forth. And in a very interesting way, he's able to sort of cause causal time loops in that he can go back in time. And while he's in the past, yes. immediately impact the future the way uh-huh. he did with OB. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and Mobius, what did you think uh, about that? And was it surprising or did you like it? What, what were your thoughts? Uh, so I was thinking about that as it was happening. And I, and I thought it had to do with the fact that the TBA kind of only exists in this one in this one time stream, uh, kind mm-hmm. of parallel to the sacred timeline, I suppose. Right. But I think one thing that would be interesting to see over the course of the season maybe is for him to leave the TVA and then to end up in different timelines based on the time slipping. So that maybe if he left the TVA, he wasn't going, you know, back to the same timeline and forward to yeah. the same timeline, that we would see kind of uh, him jump, timelines based on what he did in the past i i, I think that might be something uh that would be interesting to see what would you yeah. make of it all um i found it really interesting i think that it would i think it's probably more important than the first episode like spelled out although i think there's a lot of hints mm-hmm. of how important yeah. it is the the name of the first episode was ouroboros well, that is the name of the new character that we all seem to like. And I think right. he's an interesting character. And there's probably a lot to be unlocked about 
him yeah. and 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 we will get probably getting into that at some point um if you consider that his name's Ouroboros, which is you know the the snake that that mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. consumes itself in a perfect circle then you have mobius who's interested which is named after a mobius strip which is a twisted circle that doubles back on itself and then loki is actually derived from a word uh from uh um, um a, a, i can't remember the original language but it actually means circle and so i feel like that this circling this sort of causal time loop that they're allowing to happen within mm -hmm. the marvel world where time doesn't work that way i think it's going to have a really important key role in how it all plays out and 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 what is actually going on there in relationship with so many pieces of of mm -hmm. mrs uh miss minutes, minutes with with uh, uh ob with with he who remains or, or whoever replaces him victor timely who we're going to see soon like i think it's all related in some way and that this circle idea of what how the time works is going to get even more important and, and involved and confusing i think for a while before it before it all plays out uh so i got one more that i didn't want us to get to uh, yes. at least at least during this so i think that what was your favorite moment? What was your favorite moment in this episode? Um, I love the moment where I, I mean, it's also uh, it is, and I should say I, I love tonally how it's you know tense and humorous, tense and humorous. Mm -hmm. I think just uh, organically that's something that uh, Marvel just does really well uh, right. across its its best uh, best shows and movies. But Absolutely. I liked it when. Um, Whenever uh, Mobius was going out to, to shoot the thing into the time stream to get Loki, and Loki right. was was running uh, towards the trying to find the the stick um, to, to to you know kind of to be able to stick. Yeah. yeah to be able to go erase, uh, himself. To erase himself right, and he runs yep. into Sylvie right at the right at that moment, and then and then he gets stuck with the stick. That was my favorite moment as he yep. comes barreling back I, I i thought that was a, yeah. a a fun moment to watch it was very suspenseful did you have yeah. a, a favorite moment i really I, I really love that one that and, and there i think there's a yeah. lot to unpack even with what happened there with the phone ringing and the, someone yes. else mm -hmm. like hit him with the stick to erase him um right. I, I actually in thinking back over it, i think the most interesting moment was one that didn't didn't strike me as strongly as some other ones did but now mm -hmm. looking back i think it might be the most important moment and that's the one when loki in the past is in the war room and he sees mm -hmm. a, a, a an audio tape player and he he yeah. starts it and it turns out that it's renslayer and he who remains talking right uh, mm -hmm. and he uh, uh, he remains says tells Renslayer, you're a Marvel, which I think that choice of words is very interesting with the Marvel's yep. movie coming out. You're a Marvel. And he says uh, he only won the war because of her help and that he'll be glad to lead with her. She's noticeably, you know, obviously ab absent because of what right. happened last right. season. Um, uh -huh. But here's the interesting thing for me, and I'm curious what you think of it. And, and yeah. I got two questions based on it. That tape was paused right at the point that he who remains after he said all of that names Renslayer. Mm -hmm. Who do you think was listening to that? And why, and, and why, why was it paused right at that point and not at some other point? 
Yeah. Um, I think that who, I don't know who was listening to it, but I think that whatever, whoever it was uh, that discovered that, that mm-hmm. was the cause for somehow resetting the, the right. timeline at the, at the TVA because, mm-hmm. uh, because he's very prominent at that point. Right. And then he, for some reason invents the space lizards, the time right. lizards and, and, and resets right. the time. Right. I think it has to do with somebody discovering that uh, uh, his relationship with, with Renslayer. What do you think? Who do you think was listening? I, I actually think it was Renslayer and that it was one of the versions of Renslayer that had had her memories washed and that uh-huh. she's listening to this tape. She's hearing him talk about someone and like, who is this person that's so important? Yeah. And, and then hears her own name and boom, stops it and realizes I've got to, I've got to get, I've got to get out of here right now before anyone figures out that I'm listening to this and that she goes and starts something. I don't know quite what yet, but Mm -hmm. maybe that's part of what causes the full reset that she's figured it out and he doesn't have any choice. I'm not particularly sure, but him saying that he couldn't have won the war without her makes me go. So what is it that's so important about her? And it makes me wonder if so Part of why he won the war, and he says this very clearly in, in the first season, is that Lyoth, the smoke monster, kind of prevents the other Kangs from messing with him. I'm beginning right. to wonder if she has some kind of control over Lyoth, and that that's a becomes a very important like someone had to control Lyoth, and I don't feel like it was him. I feel like maybe yeah. I don't know. We could continue to geek out. I've got five or six more questions that I was. Yes, I know. For, yeah, there's a lot for, to unpack and yeah. a lot unknown still. Absolutely. But we really do. Like I said, we love geeking out. It's a lot of fun for us. But we also, most of our geeking out is to kind of get people into what's going on so that we can move on and talk about theological and political impacts and even psychological, sociological kind of things. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and stop here, take a quick drop, and come back on the other side with our theopolitical segment. Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. We are moving into our Theopolitico segment where we dive into the theology and politics of the shows that we are talking about. And today we are, of course, talking about Loki. So I've got uh, questions that tend to lean more theological today, Mark. All right. I have one social question that I want to start off with, and it has to do with um, our new favorite character, Ob, uh, or the actor that plays him more so. Yeah, Huey uh, Kwan, who, as we've said, has had an incredible year, just won an Oscar. But uh, I was reading about him this morning; an article popped up on my social media feed, and uh, it was saying that in 2001. He couldn't get a job at all. He didn't have a single job uh, before everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm -hmm. And so um, he wasn't able to keep his health insurance because he couldn't get a single job. So, Mark, I was hoping that you might be able to put that in the context of the strike that has been going on with with, uh, writers and actors. 
actors and all of this. Uh, what does that say about the the industry and how certain? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it can be specifically about obviously the uh, Hollywood industry, but it's really about all industry. It's about big corporate conglomerations. It's about unregulated, uh, um, um, un unregulated economies, unregulated capitalism, and, and how I mean, the UWA strike is just yet another example. We've got one, you know, social media has been sh showing it over and over again, that the, I think it's, I think she is the CEO of Ford. She makes $111,000 a day, 400 times more than her average employee. Like that, that's just obscene. It's absurd. It's gross. And it's everything that, that's wrong. It even stands against who we at one point claimed we were as a nation. And more importantly, it, uh, it, for those of us who care about other people, whether you do it because you're a Christian, because you are a humanist, because whatever, uh, this is the exact reason why the world is falling apart, because we have made money God. It's not a surprise that we print in America uh, in God we trust on our money because our money is our God, and that's the only thing we do trust. And it has caused mm. the downfall of our nation, and it's going to continue to until we all do something about it. When, when a person who is as capable as him isn't able to get a reasonable job at reasonable pay and be able to have health care because we don't get universal health care because it makes too much money for people with I'm going to breathe deeply here and step <laughs> off, step off of my soapbox and, and turn it back to you and say, Hey, uh, what do you think about it as well? Cause I might go on for another 20 minutes. This is a sore spot. <laughs> Well, I mean, amen, right? Uh, yes, I mean, we should all be entitled to universal health care. We shouldn't see that as a privilege. We should see that as a universal right. And the fact exactly. that we don't just reinforces exactly what you were speaking of, that we've made money or God and that yeah. we care more about um, uh, about money than people. Because yeah. uh, people should not be going bankrupt for receiving basic medical care. We, we shouldn't have... Uh, uh, situations where people can't uh, get insurance or not eligible for insurance or insurance companies find ways to kick them out or not to cover things and people uh, then then can't provide for themselves. It's, it's not fair. In, in terms of this specific instance, I think this also says something about the whitewashing of Hollywood because mm -hmm. uh, we've got here an, an actor who's been acting since he was a child, right? Child. And uh, it was and, incredible. And he was incredible yes, as a child. Yes, a very talented actor, right? Yeah. And I mean, not in some, uh, not in some obscure movie or something no, like that. He, I mean, he was in a mega Silver hit. Film, right? He was in a mega hit, and he was incredible <laughs> in it. Like, yes, a fan favorite, even by, even for kind of a bad movie. I, I mean, a right. box office. Uh, yeah, it was. But, a, I mean, no. you know. I mean, in Temple of Doom, you know, a, a, an mm. Indiana Jones movie, but but the weakest of the original trilogy, right. but he, sure. everyone he was a, and so, He was a standout in the movie. He was a standout. He was. And so I, I think this has to do with uh, the ways that we see uh, whitewashing in Hollywood, but the way we see it across Absolutely. all industries where we see people of color and, and other minorities who continue Absolutely. to be, to be pushed aside. 
So uh, there, there are a whole host of other things that w- that oh, we could yeah. say ab- about that, especially uh, on today, you know, Indigenous Peoples Day, as mm-hmm. we see, uh, you know, Indigenous peoples who are robbed of rights as well. Um, but but I also want to talk about some of the theological aspects, mm-hmm. Mark, of, of Loki, because I do think this show, it, it's, you know, a Marvel show, and yeah. it is also theologically very rich. And mm. so... I, I'm thinking particularly about um, in this episode where where Mobius is debating whether to tell the TVA agents about the TVA's true purpose, about what he has actually learned to be true about the TVA. And Mobius says as he's debating that, yeah, let's ask them to turn their back on everything that they've ever believed in with a little bit of new information. And so uh, I'm wondering, Mark, can you apply that in any way to our Christian beliefs? <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. And, and that, um, that, that line hit me as well. And, you know, yeah, of course, we, we do live, particularly in the U.S., we live in a society where uh, the answer to that question for most Christians is, no, don't tell them, let them continue to uh, believe the things they want to believe and live in their little bubble of falsehood and, and false realities that make them feel safe and happy. And there is there is some, you know, I, I get why a person wants to live in that protected little bubble where you can feel safe and you can feel like there's some control in this sort of crazy world where anything can happen. I, I get why you might want that, but I kind of go with, and I can't remember the, who the quote is from, but with the, the, the idea that, if facts can destroy the truth, it should. Um, mm. That is mm. because otherwise we're living in a falsehood and we'll never be able to actually have outcomes that that are good and that what we would like to see. If we're, if we're working off of a false premise, a false base, you'll never ever be able to understand how it all works in a way that you can create better outcomes. So I get like there was a lot going on inside of me when he said that line. I was like, Oh yeah, yeah man, that is, that is a tough one. Like <laughs> do I destroy, yeah. do I destroy people's reality that makes them feel safe and protected or do I push them down a difficult role road that will lead to a better life? That is, that is a difficult question, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I, I think I would say that as Christians, what we do is we carefully help people deconstruct Absolutely. And reconstruct their faith. You know, I don't think we just drop a like a bomb, a truth bomb at people and be like, "Well, best of luck to you. I hope you can figure this out." I mean, like I mean, sometimes I do. What- I'm not. I'm not as nice <laughs> as people think I am because sometimes I just go, "You know what? I'm just gonna say it." <laughs> <laughs> but I know you, Mark, and you also help people. I you also make help people make sense of it. And so I, 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 I think that we we we. We understand that people bring a lot of embedded theology, a lot of inherited theology, and we help them deconstruct that. But I don't think that we allow people to to hold on to things that just are not factually true. And so I think one of the greatest sins that the church commits today is the fact that, you know, most clergy go to seminary and they learn about like how the Bible was put together. And then it's like they forget all of that when they go work in churches and they just like preach as if they had never learned any of that. 
And I, I think that's that's a great sin because the people in the yeah. church deserve to know that. And that's the part truth. of our role as clergy is to say, yeah. hey, look, we've learned this and this has to affect our faith because we know it is factual. I mean, Absolutely. like, it's not something that's debated. <laughs> like, conservatives agree on it. Liberals agree on right. it. We yep. know how the Bible was composed and we have an obligation yeah. to to let that inform our faith. Absolutely. So I think that and, it, it's harmful. And I'll add one more point to what we're talking about yeah. is while, it's, while we do want to help people deconstruct and we want to yep. coach them through in a safe way as possible, mm-hmm. Hmm. we also, there that's not, the, the speed at which that happens varies based on, in my opinion, one thing. And how much their current beliefs are hurting other people. I'm not mm-hmm, willing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to slow walk you through your false theological perspective if it's hurting other people. Yeah. I'm not going to walk you through that slowly. I'm, yeah. I'm going to insist that it change quickly and do mm-hmm. my best to try to help you through that. And it, honestly, I'm sorry if it causes you a little pain, but the amount of hurt that you're causing in the world is outweighed by that. Yeah, I just felt like I think that that's a that's a that's a wonderful point, and I think back to to uh, Bishop Spong, who we at ProgressiveChristianity.org had a very close relationship with. You know, who who in one of his last books said, "I'm I'm not going to have the debate anymore yep. about whether or not LGBT lives are valid. That's yep. not a debate I'm going to have because uh, yep. because my faith." speaks on this and my faith my faith says that that all human life is sacred and i'm not going to have this debate and i i think you're absolutely right mark that whenever people are using theology in a way to hurt other people then you have to tear that down right away so um i want to i want to go to a line that was so important to us that it, yeah. it it inspired the theme of our drinks. You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we both. This is one of the rare times when our drinks matched up a little bit. It almost never you, happens. So there must be something never. going on. There must be something. That's going right. On. That's the right. timeline is going. conspiring to get us to go here. And that's right. What, what's going on is we both like bourbon and we wanted that's to much. drink it today. <laughs> But, but, but Loki, you know, it says that he is burdened with glorious, glorious purpose. purpose. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's kind of used ironically. And, <laughs> and sometimes there's a hint that maybe he does have a glorious purpose. But I wondered if we could apply this theologically, Mark. Uh, yeah. What is our glorious purpose supposed to be as followers of Jesus? A glorious purpose is pretty simple. And we, we you and I both talk about this a lot on the show, in our personal lives, in in the ministry that we do. Our glorious purpose is to love other people. It is pretty dang simple. In terms of understanding what it is, it's simple. Actuating that is much more difficult in the world that we're in with all the systems and all the things that are going on and, and having to deconstruct and recognize what's hurting people and what does loving a person look like when there are systems stacked against them. Um, that becomes a lot more difficult and trying to figure out how to navigate that. So it, it's, uh, it's a difficult execution of a very simple uh, answer. Uh, the answer is our purpose, our divine, and it is a glorious purpose. Love people, mm-hmm. all people, in every way, in any way you can, but it does require a lot of work and it can be difficult and painful. I mean, you... Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I've oversimplified it, but that's what I would say. 
Well, I mean, yeah, it's as easy as that and as hard as that, right? That, uh, exactly. that yes, yeah. just lo- love your neighbor. And how do you do that? Well, it's complicated. And right. it depends on the situation and, and who you are. And uh, I think that, you know, what our kind of glorious purpose to love as kind of straight, white, cisgender, male mm-hmm. Christians uh, is, right. is, to, um, is to look at the structures and allow ourselves to be educated enough to see how it is that we see how those structures are enforcing systems of oppression say like uh say the criminal justice system and the way that it disproportionately affects young black men and it uh yeah and it it it, uh shuffles them into what uh michelle alexander calls the new jim crow you know i think that we our glorious purpose is to recognize both internal systems of oppression within ourselves and the systems of oppression in our society and to be willing to um to speak out against those things so i have like a thousand more theological uh, questions uh, no that were doubt. raised by this one episode alone. That as I a Presbyterian, I have to. As a Presbyterian, I have to say the fact that you didn't even talk about predestination. I'm so glad you didn't get to that question that I didn't have to deal with it no. again. Okay, okay, Mark. So I'm going to make a confession. I made it my goal to not ask you a single predestination question. Thank you. I said, as soon as I, as soon as we decided That's that great. we were going to talk about Loki, I said, my goal is that I'm going to talk almost exclusively about theology and I'm not going to mention Presbyterianism so and predestination. I didn't want to have to pull out my Calvin and quote the second volume and where, how little we really, yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. As much as we would all like to hear you um, try to make Calvin uh, not a a predestination kind of guy. uh, He's not really. (laughs) We just won't have to go there today, unless that's one of our make me look stupid questions, which is our next segment. I want to talk about theology more, but we got to get to this next segment. We got (laughs) to try to make each other look stupid. So, hey, let's take a quick break and let's come back for make me look stupid. back to the moonshine jesus show you're joining us for what we at least like to say is our favorite segment and a lot of times it actually really is it's our make me look stupid segment because we get so much joy out of trying to stump our co-host and sometimes we actually are already stumped ourselves and we just want our co-host to try to explain what in the hell is going on so that we have a better understanding so uh i haven't done this in a while uh, i am but i am going to be the benevolent host of this this segment and uh you have not had the opportunity somehow to steal a question away from me today, which you almost That's always so disappointing. do. Disappointing, and yeah. I know, but but because it's such an important element of this show, I am going to let you go first, so you still have an opportunity to steal one of my questions. So uh, the onus is on you, sir. Okay, I've got a, a ton of questions uh, mm. that I that I want to ask you, but I'm going to narrow it down to one because this is the one I think I'm the most interested in because okay. um, 
And he who, who he who remains has played such an important role in mm-hmm. this uh, in the TVA and in Loki. And Kang and his yep. various iterations are supposed to play a huge role in this next phase of Marvel, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. let's be honest is floundering a little bit. Um, I think yeah. compared I think to. That's fair. I yeah, that's fair. Uh, so I think I think Loki's trying to pull it back together, give it some purpose and focus, and it yeah, might, I, it I, might not. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see. and Loki, I think, is one of the very, very much the strongest TV entry and one oh, of yeah. the stronger entries into the MCU mm-hmm. altogether. Um, but Kang the Conqueror is played by a real life human named Jonathan Majors, who Absolutely. has had uh, a number of issues in his personal life uh, right. that make him perhaps not a great choice to uh, to be um, a, a villain in, in the films. If he's a real life villain, do we want a real life villain to play <laughs> one on TV? Uh, right. l- let me ask you this, Mark. Um, what do you think... Jonathan Majors is is going to contribute. What do you think Kang's role is going to be? Is that going to be affected by the real I, life? I'm going to deal with both the real life and the story yeah. life of this. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff is starting to come out through his defense uh, that that is actually available online already that makes it very clear that what he's being accused of is almost impossibly likely. Uh, it's almost un, it's, almost no chance that it is... I'm stumbling on those words. There is very little chance that what he's being accused of is actually what happened. There's videos that show a person who says they're injured doing stuff that a person with that injury wouldn't be able to do. There's videos of him interacting with a person who he wouldn't be interacting with that way if, if they were really um, uh, in, a, in a difficult relationship. So I, I think ultimately he's going to be found not guilty. Matter of fact, I'm not even sure it's going to go to trial with the evidence that they have right now. Uh, I'm, I'm not... I'm not making a judgment whether he might be a good person or a bad person. I just think in the one case yeah. that has caused the questions, it does look like this is a false accusation. Okay. Go and I've got a follow-up, Mark, yes. uh, to that. Uh, so uh, this has been something that we've talked about uh, pretty recently with Ezra Miller as well. And mm-hmm. so I want to know, like, uh, there's a lot of conversation about separating artists from their art uh, yeah. What is our obligation as Christians in, yeah. su- in, in kind of delineating that? And well, well, for, their art? For, for me, they're, they're, and this is a tricky question. For instance, there's, there's several things about uh, Mother Teresa that uh, mm-hmm. Pro- mm-hmm. are problematic for me. Very, very problematic. Yeah. Some of the things she said about the poor and why God put the poor on the, on the planet. And, um, mm-hmm. However... Me supporting what she has done and quoting some of the incredibly insightful things she said does not add to her or her or, or her uh, ability, even though she's passed away, to yeah. continue to to do the things that are negative. And that's where I think we have to start. So, I, for instance, man, I love me a Chick-fil-A sandwich. God, I love me a Chick-fil-A sandwich. I have not had one in four or five years because yeah. I am not going to contribute directly in a way that will cause the folks that are hurting people, particularly the LGBTQ community. Uh, I'm not going to contribute in a way that will allow them to do that more. So I think as Christians, our responsibility is to say, in what way am I supporting the person that's causing harm to others? Uh, if it turns out, let's say that majors is found guilty 
Uh, I really hope that you and I just choose to never cover another thing that he's in because I don't want to add any money that could become residuals for him. I don't, in this case, I'm happy to, to say I don't think that's going to be the case. But as much yeah. as we can, I think that that's really important that we that we move towards that way. Because like it or not, money yeah. is voice in America. You vote with your money. You don't have to like that. You can wish it weren't true. But that's a reality. So it's very important that we deeply consider where we put our dollars. Let's go back to uh, He Who Remains and Major and the, the show. I think he's going to play an incredibly important role. I think yeah. that we're about to see an unbelievable relationship with, between He Who Remains, Kong the, Canker, uh, Kang the Conqueror, and Victor Timely. Uh, I think uh -huh. it's going to get really interesting. As a matter of fact, I sort of think that uh, Kang the Conqueror that we saw in the last Ant-Man movie and he got sucked mm -hmm. into his improbable yep. time, whatever it was called, I think he's going to get spit back out in the early uh, uh, 19th century, and that's how we're going to end up with Victor Timely, and they're going to need him to come back to help the TVA. I, I think it's going to be a very intricate uh, relationship, and that in the movies, we're going to see lots of the versions of him that we saw in that uh, mid-credit break, I think, in, in Ant-Man was where we saw that. Um, so I think he's going to be, end up being really, really important. What do you, what what's your answer to that question? I know I've, <laughs> I've really gone off a lot on that. <laughs> you know, um, yes, I I think that uh, I think that the versions of Kang that we see in Loki have to play out. They set it up in such a way that that he is intimately intertwined to the story, and yeah. he has to be a part of that. And I think that. You know, we already know that he's supposed to be the new big bad of this next phase of Marvel. And so um, I, I I hope that uh, Jonathan Majors is found innocent and that he can continue to play because I think recasting at this point would be very difficult. In terms of like what our responsibility is for um, separating the artist uh, the, from the art that they create, yeah. I think that that's really challenging. I, I think that it's also really challenging as individuals to be purists uh, when we have relatively little influence. So I, I agree right. that we, we vote with our money, but in, in a lot of ways, the way our system is set up, it's set up where these major corporations have to be the ethical voice for us. You know, that at the end right. of the day, if you or I go to see a Marvel movie, it matters relatively less unless we can get a whole movement of people to, to do that. And we have to depend on these major studios to do what, what might be the ethical thing. So it's a right. real challenge. I think it's something that we, we continually navigate. Um, but yes, I think we're going to continue to see him, and I think we're going to continue to see uh, the variants of Kang throughout uh, both Loki and the MCU. So yeah. I didn't steal your question, Mark. You, did you I? Did not. You, you did got not. one for me. I do. So one of the most interesting characters from the first season was Miss Minutes. Mm -hmm. Yes. This episode, we don't even see Miss Minutes. No. She was missing. Mm -hmm. Mostly. I mean, there were bumper stickers. There was actually a little air freshener hanging off of the back of the, yes. the, 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 the mail truck, delivery truck, the mail yeah. delivery truck. Uh, what role do you think she plays in all of this? Like what's her purpose? How important is that character who's 
almost completely missing from this episode. Yeah, so I think she's sentient, and I think she's a, a co-conspirator with uh, uh, He Who Remains, this variant mm -hmm. of Kang. And so the reference we get to her in this episode is that Mobius is trying to ask Miss Minutes questions because he's dependent upon her. And at right. first, he doesn't get an answer. And then the second time, he goes to do He literally says, I think she's offline. Yes, I think she's offline. And so, and then Loki says, you can't trust her. Um, don't, don't ask her any questions. So I, I think there, she's right? sentient and I think she's, she's a part of, she's a part of it all. She's a co-conspirator with you who remains. What do you think? I actually think it's related. I, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I think there's a chance that she might be more important than Kang. Mm. Uh, but I also think that they might have started skewing the storyline that way as Major's issues started coming up. So they would have a way to bring up another big bad. I, I think it is interesting that uh, in last season, she tells Renslayer, who's asking for information. And and we're hearing now, Renslayer like, seems to have a really close relationship yeah. with who remains. And was very important in a lot of of conquering and 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 kill it, uh, stopping all of the other kings. Uh, but as important as she is, Miss Miss Minutes told her, "I uh, I can't give you that information. It's uh, it's it's classified." So Miss uh -huh. Minutes has access to it. But even Renslayer, who is with he who remains, isn't allowed to have that information. I found that to be pretty curious in terms of what that might be. So I think she is connected to Kang in some way. The fact that he who remains was eliminated and all of a sudden Miss Miss Minutes isn't around. Yeah. I think uh -huh. that that's a, a very interesting that they're that, that that's when that happened. But I'm gonna add another piece. I I think I don't have any answers. I don't have any answers. I have curiosities. I have curiosities. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I really think Ouroboros he sort of replaced Miss Minutes in this in this episode. He Miss Minutes sort of narrates things that we don't understand. In this uh -huh. episode, Ouroboros yeah. was narrating things we don't understand. He had that bright, fun personality that Miss Minutes uh -huh. has. I don't know. And Ouroboros, think about this. He's the only one who uh -huh. doesn't have his memories erased. He remembers uh -huh. all the way back to the beginning. He wrote the manual, the user's manual that everyone mm -hmm. gets. And his mm -hmm. memories are never erased, even as Mobius is not remembering things because his memory was erased. Right. Yes. Or OB has his memories, just like yeah. Miss, Miss Minutes does. I think there's going to be some kind of very interesting connection between OB, Miss Minutes, and Kang. I don't know I love exactly it. what it is yet, but I think so. I think so. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to yeah, see. No so we're, yeah, we're, we're talking about this at the very beginning of the season. Yeah. So we can come so back we'll and need visit to, it, right? We'll need to come back and visit it at the end of the season. And speaking of coming back and visiting at the end of the season, we need a show. We need to decide what we're going to do next week. And there is a show out there that has wrapped up that we did talk about when it was first starting. Do you do you have any? Uh, you got a clue of what I might be are talking, talking about? Are you talking about Ahsoka? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You, you want to go back? What and do you think? That? If you if you're on board, I think we should come back now that the season yeah. is finished and revisit because it, it got really interesting. 
Yeah, it's a great show. I can't wait to yeah. talk about. It. There's a lot there, and we had a lot of fun the first go round. So I, mm-hmm. yeah, let's go. Let's Excellent. go for right. it. Ahsoka, so, back to Star Wars. Absolutely. So you heard it here. Uh, make sure that you catch up on your Ahsoka so that you can join us for the next episode. Uh, we, we'll close saying to all of you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate you downloading the show. We get to do this show because you show up and 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 at least entertain the idea that that we are somewhat uh, interesting to listen to from time to time. We appreciate it, whether it's true or not. We do. We genuinely do. <laughs> so uh, thank you all so much. We appreciate you being here. And we will catch you the next time on the Moonshine Jesus Show. Moonshine Jesus. No.